Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Erica. And I'm Tanya. And this is our podcast, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. And for those of you who have joined us before, you know that in this podcast series, we discuss um, those issues that prevent us from being socially just or free. And our goal is to disrupt the status quo, right, of racial inequality and inequity. And in each episode, we challenge each other to do better by being the change that we want to see. We sure do. Um, Thanks, Erica. So today, we want to talk about a topic that we just thought was really interesting, and it's storytelling. Yeah. You know, the power of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But not just for the sake of telling stories, Mm -hmm. but really so that we begin to see people for who they are and for the experiences that they bring to the table. Um, And it really is a tool to understand groups of people. Yeah, I mean, it creates connection, right? Our our brains are so social. And one of the things that it's drawn to is someone else's story. It's the reason why you can sit in class. I remember as a kid, anytime a teacher started with a story or explained, you know, using a story, I was all ears. I really wanted to hear the beginning, what was happening, and how it ended, Right. right? And that really is part of the power of right. telling a story. And, and the same thing with like reading aloud, Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. there's something about reading aloud to children that makes the story come to life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even, it, it was funny when I taught um, elementary school, you know, I remember at the kindergarten level, the kids weren't yet readers. Mm-hmm. So because they weren't readers, then, you know, the teachers often would read to them. By fourth grade, teachers would stop reading to the kids. And mm-hmm. the experts and the researchers would say, no, continue yeah. doing those read alouds mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. them. Not because they can't read, but because there's something to it. You would read yeah. something that's at a higher mm-hmm. level, you know, so maybe like if they were to read it, it might be harder for them mm-hmm. to read. But if you're reading it to them, their their listening comprehension yeah. was much better. Yeah. But it allows not just students, but adults as well to really like learn mm-hmm. about groups of people. I think that's it. I, I think that's it. And I, I love that you brought out that piece about reading out loud. Yeah. Um, you know, my background is literacy. And, you know, what we know is that the receptive vocabulary is higher than the expressive vocabulary. So what I can take in, it's the reason right. why someone that's, you know, they might be, you know, they might be born into a family where they speak another language. So they can understand it, but they may not be able to speak it because right. they're receptive. And I think that's part of the storytelling, right? So we can understand it, right? And we may not be able to express what we heard. We may not be able to repeat it, but we can understand it. And it's such a great way to connect with kids because kids love the stories, yeah, right? Yeah. They love the stories. Um, and so 
I also think, you know, in my family, like my parents use stories as a way to teach us, you know, lessons and morals and and rules and as as and a way history. to explain and history, yeah. right? Yeah. Like such great such great stories. And I would want them to like tell me again, you know, about that. But absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, I was just saying to you earlier how, you know, I was on a call recently with my, my dad and it was like an hour and a half call. And he's telling me these stories, and they're really family history. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do, I didn't do it, and I should have, in hindsight, is that I should have grabbed my notebook and just started writing yeah. down these stories that he's telling mm -hmm. me. And they're hilarious, some of them. I mean, some, some of the stories were about some of the philandering uncles, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, uh, and so, you know, like listening to those stories, and I, I sort of remember these are like, you know, my grandmother's uncles. Um, so I sort of remember some of mm -hmm. these uncles, mm -hmm. and hearing their stories was just hilarious yes. to me. But it also talked about, what it also did was it got me in touch a little bit with not just the family history, mm -hmm. but dynamics between men and women, yeah, yeah, you know, yes. in mm -hmm. decades past, mm -hmm. in generations mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what those dynamics were like yeah. and what they're like now. Yeah. Um, and so it was like really just interesting to just hear mm -hmm. him share some of those stories. And he shared other other mm -hmm. types of stories as well. Because um, he sort of sees himself as, as like the family historian. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which is, you know, very much um, a part of our culture. Yes, very much you know, so. Um, mm -hmm. But not just, you know, African culture. Um, like, you know, you may hear of the griot mm -hmm. in Africa, um, and the griot is the storyteller. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, in, in different African um, tribes mm -hmm. and communities. And so that, that griot actually keeps the running history yes. of those mm -hmm. families those and tribes and yes. communities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my dad is kind of like that yeah. griot. His mm -hmm. dad was kind of like that, mm -hmm. you know, and would tell stories. Um, and so it's like really important to, to keep that tradition yeah. um, because a lot of times you'll hear, you know, like stories are told from different people's vantage points. Yes. You know, there's like a, a point of view. Like, you know, so as Christians, we'll read like the Bible and we'll read like the four gospels, mm -hmm. you know, and the four gospels are really the accounts of Jesus' Jesus's walk mm -hmm. on earth, right? But each of those tell the story a little bit differently. That's right. right. So, mm -hmm. you know, you'll hear about, you know, Jesus and, um, uh, feeding the 5,000. Mm -hmm. But then there's another depiction of him feeding 4,000. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but then the way it's, it's written, yeah. it's, it's based upon the different people's accounts. Right. So it's really interesting because you, you can learn a lot about people by the way they tell the story sure. and, and the details that they include mm -hmm. in those stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can learn a lot about their values, like their yep. priorities, right? And how they, you know, and I used to ask my dad, like, well, what did you do? He's like, I didn't do nothing. I was nine or whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, but um, the other thing, especially the family stories, I just loved because yeah. I started to see myself. So, you know, this auntie did this or this cousin did this and it's like I would have done the same thing like there's a connection there sure. you know or almost like the story was told as caution like listen it looks like you're going down this road let me tell you about what happened previously you know but I but you're right it's absolutely a part of the tradition because it kept you know what was always funny to me is that I would 
you know, say to an uncle or an aunt or a cousin, my dad told me about this. And he'd be like, that's not how it happened. And then I'd get another version. Sure, you know? sure. <laughs> you know, um, from another perspective. But it really helped it really helped me to see myself in this family. Yeah. So how do I fit? You know, how how is someone else like what I did or, you know, or the way I am or the way I see things? I think it really kind of helped and it really helped pull us those those family stories. Really, we still tell them, my, yeah. my cousins and I, yeah. you know, to our kids and to each other because um, they're important. Mm -hmm. They're important, you know. It, well, as you were talking, I was thinking about like, the way that I see my upbringing, the way my brother and my sister see our upbringing, if we all tell the story, yeah. it's all going to be different. All different. And yes. it's not like it's a lie. Yes. It's just different. Yes. But what's interesting about that is we think about history that's taught in school, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you know, the history that's taught in school is some historian's point of view yes. Yes. written in, in historic right. form mm -hmm. for students to learn. That's right. And, and, and if we aren't careful, we'll think that that's the only story. Yes. That's the only story. Yes. That's yes. the only version of that story. Yeah, that's why it's, under, it's really important for us to really understand like <laughs> what dominant narrative means. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and it, because what does that's that mean? This, well, it's the, <laughs> it's the story that's kind of told and it takes over. Right. And that's the one that we kind of accept as, well, this must have been what happened. Right. right? So um, I remember when I was younger, like hearing about, you know, George Washington, I cannot tell a lie. And remember that one? You Vaguely. chopped down a cherry tree and I yes. cannot tell a lie. Yes. Come to find out that wasn't true. <laughs> like, like what? But I had always heard about it. I had read about it in books and I'd heard about it in, in school and you know, how he couldn't, and, it, and, and, and the narrative was so that we would think or believe that the first president of the United States was this moral upstanding person. And so this whole thing about, I cannot tell a lie, I, I chopped down a tree, whatever that, whatever that story was, it really was to create mythology, right? So they used narrative, but they used false narrative um, so that there would be sort of this belief around one of the founders of, of the United States. And so, um, so I, but that's part of the dominant narrative. So when I started hearing other pieces of the narrative, I realized you know, kind of like, okay, that's that's not true. And what the purpose of that was, that mm -hmm. was so that, you know, we wouldn't talk about the fact that he was, you know, he owned people, right? That he, you know, victimized and marginalized enslaved people, yeah. um, being a, a, a landowner from Virginia. Um, but we talk about these other things, or and, and when we can't, we make it up, you know? Um, but I think that's a place where they, you know, again, that's the dominant narrative. These are these stories that we hear over and over and over right. again, and it create, you know, belief and it creates expectations and it creates really sort of this mythology around, you know, the story that they want to tell. Right. Or that they want people to know. Right. It's interesting because as researchers, and, and I know while you're, you know, finishing your doctorate, yeah. yes, yes, yes. you know, when I was in my doctoral program, one of the things that we were told was basically, don't believe everything that mm -hmm. you read. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you read one thing about, you know, information, you know, content or, or whatever it is that we're reading about, you need to find everything else that's written about yeah. that one thing. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. what else is written about yeah. it? 
because therein lies right. more of the truth of the story of whatever it is that That's we're right. learning. So quite honestly, as researchers, we don't just take an article and like, this is fact, right. this is what it is. If this article said it, this is what, right. no, we've got to look at the research from all different vantage That's right. points. That's right. We need to look at what the, the counter research mm -hmm. is and the supportive research and therein lies, right. you know, the truth is not the right word, mm -hmm. um, but therein lies like the Just story, a, full picture. a fuller a full picture, picture of what right. something is. Because mm -hmm. the truth is what might be your good story yeah. might actually be a bad story That's for right. me, you know. That's right. So, That's right. you know, and we see that even in American history mm -hmm. when we look at, you know, there's a narrative out there, which mm -hmm. is absurd to me. Oh, well, you know, slavery wasn't so bad. There were some good slave owners which is just annoying crazy but it's like wait a minute there you're talking about subservient That's marginalization right. at its worst That's right. you know like there is no good that comes from that That's right. you know and so you know when we think about storytelling there's an opportunity for counter storytelling mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. you know which is like mm -hmm. okay so there's more to the story than meets the eye so let's yeah. let's find out just like you know, if, if an investigator is investigating a crime, you know, one investigator may notice, you know, certain information and, and may say, okay, this is what I think happened based upon this evidence. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, um, the, the killer was probably trying to do X, Y, Z because they, mm -hmm. they you know, broke the glass of the home. Whatever. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm totally, totally mm -hmm. winging this here. Oh, okay. You know, and then, you know, someone else like, no, I don't think that's what happened because uh, they would have done X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Instead, they did this, and I noticed this pattern of behavior, you know, which means that this was probably... Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is they're piecing the yes, story together right. based upon the evidence. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of evidence to, to detail all the different stories that are to be told. And very often, the evidence or the full story comes from other stories or other witnesses. So what's your story around right, this event? Right. What's your story around this event and what's your story? And right. then we piece that together and we get the true story, the, the truth of what happened right. in this space. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and mm -hmm. even like when, like if there's a crime and they, you know, they interview the different witnesses. Mm -hmm. So one witness might've been standing on the right, one witness might've been mm -hmm. standing on the left, so they saw one thing from their angle and they saw something else from their angle yeah. and, you know, and or they heard this because they were closer to, to, mm -hmm. to these people, but they didn't hear it over here because they weren't so close. Yeah. You know, and so like you it's it, we really have to do a better job, even in this country, mm -hmm. of thinking that like there's only one story to yeah. be told. That's right about groups of people, That's right. which is really where we're, where we're going with this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I also think, because um, we've had conversations about like, so how do we overcome, like how, how, how do we get to a place where, you know, different groups, you know, don't feel marginalized by each other, or they just get along better. Sure. And I think storytelling is one of those strategies, it right? Is. So it is. when you start to tell me your story, I start to connect, you You're, know. I'm humanized That's that right. That point. That's right. And and I start to really like, like I can see how that happened. Or, wow, I can't believe you did that. Tell me a little bit more about what you were thinking. Right. You know, those kinds of conversations yeah. that just kind of pull us in and bring us together. And I think sometimes when we're afraid 
to share our story or when somebody else might be afraid to tell us, it really sort of creates barriers or it creates like gaps and yeah. gulfs yeah. where that maybe the, it could be, you know, sort of brought together by, you know, but just by a great story, yeah, you know, absolutely. and we all have them. Right. We all have them. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it really does give us insight. Yes, you know, into, into each who, other, in, right? Into mm -hmm. each other, yeah. who people, and and so, you know, when we think about, because we often talk about race and racism, and you know, some of the the um, historical challenges we've had in our country, and so you know, when we think about um, the stories that have been told about black people, mm -hmm. you know, over the years, and mm -hmm. I'm talking like something that predates us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, a group of uncivilized people, like when you think about like some of the stories that were told about Africans, you know, before bringing them here, like as though bringing them to this shore was a favor because they were living in uncivilized, mm, yeah. you know, society mm -hmm. and they needed, you know, they needed that, if mm -hmm, you will. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Like those stories, unfortunately, are um, really negative stories, but yeah. they're also stories that dehumanized yep. us, yes. you know, and stories, you know, that, um, you know, when you look at, um, years ago, there was a movie that came out under, um, Woodrow Wilson, I believe was president, the birth of a nation. Mm -hmm. And it was an extremely racist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. movie mm -hmm. that told a really racist, stereotypical, mm -hmm nasty story yeah. about black people That's being right. savages and violent and rapists and mm -hmm. you know and, mm -hmm. the, and the list goes on and on and so then that then um, gave permission um, to people to basically say well if they're savages, if they're not human, if they're violent then it's nothing for us to harm yes, them. Yes, that's right. You know, that's right. and hurt them. That's right. And so, you know, and, and we're justified in doing so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm -hmm. so, and that's what would happen. Mm -hmm. But we now, we, we understand what that was doing. Yes. Now we right. understand that. And mm -hmm. we, I feel like we have a responsibility um, to, um, to, um, to get rid of mm -hmm stories that dehumanize yes. groups of people. Yes, I think that that's so important. Um, years ago when I was working for a state agency, I, I, was, I worked for a board and there was a, like a, an opportunity to go to like a, a museum. There was a lecture or something like that for the board. So we coordinated and we went. And later I asked one of the board members who was a, a white woman, um, like, how, how did you, what did you think about, you know, how did, how did it go? And her words to me was, were, I just learned so much. I did not realize that there was culture in, in Africa before, you know, before people got on ships. This is what she said, people were got on ships. Like, and her words were, they weren't just waiting around to get on a, on a boat. Wow. Like, whoa, I would have just never thought at that time that there would be somebody that would think that, right? Wow. But, you know, she went somewhere, she, you know, got this, this information, somebody was, you know, really good about, you know, I'm sharing it and I'm, I'm, I'm glad, but it was just like, that was the first time that I realized that everybody didn't get the same kinds of information around, you know, history. Everybody didn't get that like, yeah, like I did yeah. around, particularly my history, yeah. you know? 
that really floored me. But I think, though, the more that we, and I didn't, you know, oh my God, how could you, you know, just tell me more, you know, about your experience and everything like that. But I think that it's like that giving and that getting grace, you know, is, is really important. Um, but I'm glad she told me her story. I'm glad she told me what her experience was. Sure. Because then I realized that everybody did not have the same experiences that, that I did. Um, even on elemental level, like, why wouldn't you assume that there was culture in Africa? Why would you assume that somebody wanted to get on a boat to be enslaved? You know, but not everybody was there. And so we were able to have that conversation. So I think making sure that we're, you know, really clear and just really gracious about yes. not canceling people, but having these conversations and telling our story and sharing our stories, I think is important. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that was, that was a really good example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think about when I was um, a kindergarten teacher you know, and, you know, kids love story time. Mm -hmm. They absolutely mm -hmm. loved when, you know, mm -hmm. we would gather on the rug. Mm -hmm. It was like a really special moment. But it was an opportunity to really just open up a world yeah. to those students. Yeah. To see something beyond. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we were reading, you know, mm -hmm. fairy tales. And they weren't real. But, um, but it would open up a world, open up dialogue you know, conversation yep. around topics that otherwise they may not have, you mm -hmm, know, because mm -hmm, you've mm -hmm. opened up a book. Um, if you remember Reading Rainbow, mm -hmm. you know, like the theme song. Mm -hmm. and it, right, <laughs> right. But it was really, it, the theme song was about like, you know, like, I can't remember the exact word mm -hmm. of the theme song, but it was something a, a, around, um, you know, opening up the, the possibilities yeah. and, you mm -hmm. know, like, it's, it's really in those stories mm -hmm. that we grow yes. as a people. Um, the more I read, you know, and, and I've got more books than I can read right mm -hmm. now. But the more I read, the more I learn. Yes. And I learn, mm -hmm. like, some, there are things that I learn that I'm like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I just did not know this mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. the topic is. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Like, we've got to get to a place in society where we help people rather than ban books. We need to open up mm -hmm, opportunities mm -hmm. for there to be, you know, um, more exposure yeah. to the stories of people's lives. Yeah, I, I, that, that is so true. I had um, every, I, I remember when I was teaching, every single unit that I started, I started off with a story. It yeah. was usually a story about my life, you know? And um, um, so I, the one, there was one time, like especially my argument essay unit, I started off by kind of sharing how I got these tickets to go see Prince. Oh my God, they were free. I stood in line. It was cold outside. I was freezing. I just wanted to see his royal badness, you know? <laughs> and I got these tickets, but the, the the and I got the ticket. So the the um, the the DJs, we were at this place where you could get these free tickets, and he would be like, "Who has something?" Or it was like, you know. So I got these tickets. Got close enough. I answered the question. Got the tickets. Me and my best friend Tria, and the concert was on a Thursday night, <laughs> and my mom and dad had strict rules about not going out on a school night. But I was like 16, 17, and I was a good student, so I was like. Mom, I got tickets. And she hated Prince anyway. So she was like, no. And I was like, what? You know, and so 
She's like, it's a school night. But for her, it was like, good, because now, you know, my daughter's not going to go be infected by this 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 artist, you know. Right. And so um, anyway, so I didn't go. But I start I started with that story because I said, so what would have been the argument that I could have used to, you know, to craft to convince my mother? And so, um, but that always kind of got the discussion and kids were always into it. Like, you really didn't go? Why didn't you go? Like, and it was- That's what I'm asking. I'm thinking the same thing. Like, she did not let you go. She did not let me go. Did you sell the tickets? I sold the ticket okay. to somebody else who had a fabulous time and, and still to didn't. this day. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't go. Thursday, it was, a, it was a Thursday evening. My parents were like, yeah, no, it's, like, it's a school night. I'm like, but it's Friday. It's no learning night. happens on Friday. Of course not. Oh, no, 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 no. And that was, but no, no, I didn't go. Yeah. I didn't go. It yeah. was years later that I saw Prince. Wow. You know, on a Wednesday night, but I was in my 20s. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so but, but like starting off with the story was really important yeah. so that kids got the concept right. and that they started to be invested, right? And I think that's what happens when you tell a story, people get invested, right? right? right. Because right. we humanize each other. And, you know, my students saw that I had some of the same challenges around permission and, and socializing and, and, and going to do what I want to do that they were having. And I think that um, that's really part of the the goal, really, sure. in sure. storytelling, right? right. You right. want people invested in the story, yes. right? So you can get, we can't get to the next part if we don't tell our story. Absolutely, right? absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, storytelling is very cultural, mm -hmm. you it know? Is. So, I mean, very we're talking so. about like, you know, um, the griot and African mm -hmm. culture, but mm -hmm. other cultures also tell stories, yes. you know, and they tell them, sometimes they're like mythical stories mm -hmm. um, and they may not even be, you know, real mm -hmm. um, or sometimes the stories may speak to their tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, so we see this in, in indigenous yeah. um, communities. Um, we see this in Asian communities, mm -hmm. ba Baltic communities, mm -hmm. um, Latin communities. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it, this is not unique, it's human. you know, Right, very it's, it's very much a part of mm -hmm. who we mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. um, as people. Yeah. And we, we have an opportunity to really share our world yes. with other people. Yes. You know, when yes. we become, um, when we become storytellers and when we, you know, when we share those stories. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because when you look at um, a, like ancient cultures, and no, I don't have the, the exact um, uh, like culture, but when you look at ancient cultures, trying to think of the culture, but anyway, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries, but they talk about how sort of the beginning of the arts in that culture was really around stories, mm -hmm. right? So telling the story, people would go from community to community, you know, telling stories, and even sort of the arts, like the visual arts, is really around the pictorial representation of those stories, right? And so, you know, that's how elemental in a lot of cultures that storytelling is. like whole communities of artists were built on it, right? And so, but I think it goes back to like what you were saying, like it's not necessarily universal because not every culture has the same kind of emphasis on storytelling, sure. but definitely we see it like spanning, you know, right. more than one, more than one culture, the importance and the value and across generations. of it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, when I think about this whole um, notion of storytelling, um, and how polarized we are yeah. in our country, mm -hmm. I really believe storytelling could potentially be an answer yeah. 
to that ill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if we sat down and talked to people and learned about who they were Mm -hmm. and their families and their culture and their experiences and their history, we really have an opportunity to connect with people Mm -hmm. in ways that we otherwise may not have connected. It's almost like, you know, you know how people have like different types of of parties or events or whatever. It's almost like we need a storytelling, you know, like Mm -hmm. a cross culture Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of event Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, where we get to hear from, and this is just an idea. I think that's great. But you know, like what if we brought groups of people together to share their stories? Yeah. You know, how powerful would that be? Yes, I think that would be marvelous. And I think people would really get into it as well. I mean, that's part of, I mean, that really is sort of the crux of entertainment, right? People want to watch a story, right? right? A good story. A good story, right? Um, So I think that's, that's, you know, I love that idea. And maybe we can sort of like flesh that out and really kind of bring people together to tell their stories. So this has been a really great conversation. Like, you know, in terms of, you know, the power of storytelling. We invite you to share your story with us. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, I just love, I'd love, we would love to hear hear your story around um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and belonging, um, or even a great story that you heard or that you shared in the past. Yeah, that would Mm -hmm. be wonderful. That would be wonderful. So thank you for joining us. Again, I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And we would love to have you come back and talk to us again. Yes. (laughs) Or we'll talk to you. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 